Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Thank God It's Monday with Tony Aliogana Rafa. We continue from where we stopped last week. Last week, we talked about four reasons why people say they go to work. The first is to make money and pay the bills. The second is for identity. The third is for purpose and significance. And the fourth is for success, status, and recognition. But we said God didn't create work for any of these reasons. Before we discuss why God actually created work, let me point out why these popular reasons people give for working are faulty and in some cases outrightly dangerous. Take making money and paying bills for instance. When God put Adam in the garden, he had no lack. He had more than enough to eat. He had no need for clothing, no need for shelter. So you see, God didn't give him work for the purpose of earning wages and paying bills. While reward for work may pay your bills, making money should never be the real reason why you or anyone should work. What about identity, success, status, and recognition? Let me show you how culture has forced us to connect who we are to what we do. What is the second question people regularly ask when you meet them for the first time? The conversation goes something like this between two people who meet him for the first time. Hi, my name is Tony. What's yours? Well, my name is David. It's a pleasure to meet you, David. What do you do? You see, what you do is now an identity issue. This is why joblessness can become a psychological issue. Because without realizing it, your esteem gets wrapped up in what you do. And this can be particularly so for men. However, we are not designed to source our esteem from work. We were designed to get it from who we are in Christ. But because we live in a culture where prestige and status often defines who we are, it's so easy for what we do to become a measure of who we are. Sadly, when you allow what you do become a measure of who you are, it not only creates a very distorted view of your identity, but a very fragile one that can be easily crushed by changing circumstances. This is one of the reasons why fear is so rampant in the workplace. Here is what happens if you allow your identity to be formed by what you do. You start to cling to what you do as if your life depends on it. And the tighter you cling, the greater your fear of losing and letting go. Because if you let go or lose your job, it will feel like losing a part of your identity. And that can be very threatening, if not outrightly frightening. In today's world, where uncertainty and insecurity have become the standard workplace reality, allowing yourself to derive your identity from what you do is a recipe for disaster. Finally, let me talk about purpose and significance as one of the erroneous reasons why people work. Have you heard someone make this statement before? Maybe you have made it yourself. That job doesn't have a future. But someone once said, quote, There is no future in any job. The future lies in the man who holds the job. End of quote. There is no work without purpose. There is no job without significance. But it is the worker that gives purpose and significance to work. Your job it's not a place where you find purpose. 
Your job doesn't confer your life purpose on you. Rather, it's merely a platform for the expression of your purpose. So you see, it is the maker that confers purpose on his product. And if God is your maker, then your purpose resides with him. Now, I think it is clear that none of the reasons why most people go to work agrees with why God created work. And if that is the case, then the question begging to be answered is simply this. So why did God create work? We will continue right after this break. famous writing she she wrote and I quote the habit of thinking about work as something you do to make money or get a higher position in society is so ingrained in us that we can't comprehend the revolutionary but biblical doctrine of work nobody today works for the sake of the thing they do the result of the work is only a byproduct of the real aim the real aim of work is money or status. So doctors practice medicine, not so much to relieve suffering, but to make a living. The patient is something that happened along the way. Lawyers accept brief, not because of their passion for justice, but because this is the profession that enables them to live. End of quote. How true. Clearly, the modern doctrine of work is miles apart from God's biblical concept of work. Let me read two important verses from the Bible. The first is Genesis 1.28 from the New Century Version. And I quote, God blessed them and said, Have many children and grow in numbers. Fill the earth and be its master. Rule over the fish in the sea and over the birds in the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. End of quote. The second 
is Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. I quote, Then the Lord put the man in the garden of Eden to care for it and work it. These two verses captures God's mandate for work. Work, therefore, is for the purpose of mastering and stewarding all of God's creation for the flourishing of humanity to the glory of God. Stewarding is caring for all that's already created by God. And mastering is to further the creating endeavors of God. So all good work is an extension of the work of God. Now, if this is true, and it is true, as a Christian, how important should your work be? And how serious should you take Mondays? This is where we draw the curtains for today's episode. Join me right here next week at the same time, same station. Be sure to tell your family, friends, colleagues at work, and neighbors as I lead you on a journey to connect your faith in Christ with your daily work. Be sure to follow me on my handles on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Tony Aliogana. I take it at T-O-N-Y-A-L-E-O-G-E-N-A. May your week be rewarding and God bless you.